What is up? Good, e good evening, everyone, and welcome to the week six matchup live stream here at fantasypoints.com. I'm John Hansen. That's Greg Cosell, our guy Ben Kukanis. He is on the other side of the glass, the silent but effectively uh, running the live stream guy, Ben Kukanis. Our guy Adam Kaplan is in Philadelphia right now uh, with another commitment, but luckily we do get Greg Cosell. He's near Philadelphia, but like me, he's got too much work to do to be all <laughs> fancy out there in public, right? Right, Greg? Hello. Yeah, that's that's true this evening for sure. <laughs> yeah. And Kaplan's just there trying to like, you know, he's like trying to pick up women. Let's be honest. Uh, let's, let's be clear. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Greg, uh, let's get right into it. And um, obviously we do start in Philadelphia tonight as the Eagles host the Bucks. And you've watched uh, both teams, obviously the Eagles closely we all know that they're not really committing to run the ball at all you know Hertz is in the gun big time what what match up here do you see as being the most critical what element of the offense do you see as being the most critical for the Eagles to have success tonight well they're going to throw the football we know that they're not going to run it they haven't run it there's no physicality to their offense through five games John there's no meaningful running game so that's not going to change tonight against one of the best run defenses in the league and clearly a defense that has issues on the back end right now due to injury. So I think you look at Devonta Smith as having a potentially big night. He's going to get targets. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, the way they're going to score in this game is throwing the football and they're going to throw it a lot uh, because they know that this is not going to be a 17-13 game. So I would look, I would look for Smith and I'd look for Quez Watkins tonight. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought you were going to go O-line. Um, well, that's I, a big factor as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Hertz could be a big factor from a fantasy perspective because I think they'll be rushing yardage, but I was just yeah. thinking of the passing game sure. itself when he does throw the football. Sure. No, we love uh, hearing uh, Greg Cosell talk about this guy's going to have a big game. That's what we, well, they're going to we get want. targets. We know they're yeah. getting targets and um, matchup wise. Um, you know, he, he may avoid uh, Richard Sherman at times, um and no one will avoid his... richard sherman uh john what's that no one will avoid richard sherman you think he's that good still huh no i, I think he's just another cornerback out there i'm saying they're oh boy okay richard sherman you know he's... i'm not saying purposefully uh avoid him uh, i know he's doing fairly well overall here but they, they play a lot of zone right so is that something you see Devonte smith being a guy like you know great route runner find those soft spots yeah, he's Smith has shown even at this level in the NFL, he's shown very good route running skills. Sherman's the left corner. Sherman, they don't travel. They don't do any of that. Right. They've right. never done that. So, so. exactly. That's, that's what I meant yeah. to say. He's not going to be, he's going to be on Dean probably more often than not. Um, well, we don't know that, but I mean, the point is, is they're not going to avoid a corner on the Bucks. They're going to yeah, run their right. offense. Zach Ertz tonight. Um, you know, again, they should throw it. He should get targets. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I could be dead wrong, and I guess we have to see how the game plays out, but I would bet that Hertz drops back 45 times tonight. Yeah, I, I said 40. Um, yeah. So has Ertz looked – how has he looked to you this year? I haven't really looked at him closely, which means yeah. he hasn't stood out to me one way or the other. That's uh, probably good news because last year, late in the year, he, he did – he looked – he stood out, uh, not not for, for a positive uh, – from a positive perspective here. Now, uh, Brady, obviously, and, and the yeah. Bucks is I – mean, 
on that side of the ball, John, I think that the Eagles are going to play zone as they do. They, they play the lowest percentage of man coverage in the NFL. They may line up Slay over Evans as they lined up Slay last week um, uh, over – who did they play last week? I totally just had a, a senior. Uh, that was the um, – my God. Uh, I know. Oh, the Dolphins, right? Right. No, no. No, yeah, no, yeah. they didn't play the Dolphins. No, no. Who, who, who the hell did they play? I just had a senior moment here. Oh, was the Dolphins? You're talking about you're talking no, about I'm the talking Eagles? about the Eagles play. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, I thought you were talking about Mike Evans. No, the Eagles played the Panthers. Panthers. So yeah. last week, yeah, it just came back to me. So last week they lined up Slay over Moore, uh, DJ Moore, uh, right. but they didn't play man, so they could well line up Slay over Evans, but they're not going to play man because they can't match up to the other receivers. That's the problem. So yeah, so um, they're going to play zone. Last week, the one difference in the Eagles defense. On the back end was they played far more single high safety cover three. They'd been very high percentage split safety. I don't know if they'll do that tonight. You know, when you do play single high, the seams are available. So we'll see. But the point is, they're a zone defense and they can't match up. Right. Do you think the Eagles, the way they're playing defense right now, are essentially inviting people to run the ball? Because uh, they're getting run on and they're, they're kind of stingy on the back end there. Yeah. Well, their whole defense is set up to not give up big explosive plays. That's what they don't want to do. They haven't really given up many of those this year. Um, their pass rush has been really good. They're facing a very good O-line, though, and a quarterback that obviously has always helped his O-line uh, in Brady. You know, Brady's not a sitting duck in the pocket, even though he doesn't have second reaction ability. He's not a sitting duck. Um, I don't think the Bucs are going to come out and run the ball. They run the ball as part of their offense, but yeah. not as a foundational element. Yeah, well, that's true. When you have the GOAT, I mean, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, uh, we, we do like Godwin tonight um, for that matchup uh, when, when he's automatics at times. Uh, undersized guy, um, Philly guy as well. Didn't work out for DJ Moore last week, though. Uh, moving on here, let's uh, – Let's talk Dolphins, Jags. Looks like it's uh, Tua Tagovailoa. What what have you seen this year from this Dolphins D? I was pretty high on them. I, I thought they were great last year. I just kind of, you know, it's easy to assume when you have like a young team like this and they really show well. Okay, well they had Phillips in the draft. Here we go. Let's get better. And they they've taken a step back. What are you seeing from the Dolphin D? Yeah, they still want to play a lot of man. They didn't play as much of it last week as they had through the first four games. I think that was a function of playing against the Bucs. But I think at their core, they'd like to play a lot of man. Phillips has flashed on tape, by the way. He's, he's starting to look good. They're giving him more snaps inside as well as, um, as a three technique. Um, so, you know, I think he's, he's going to be a good player. But they just haven't been as good, you know, on defense. It's some teams this year, uh, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, they're doing a lot of the same things. They're just not doing it as well. Um, so, you know, that that's really all I can say. I mean, they're just not as good as they were a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of the same players here. I mean, yeah. uh, last year, Howard and, and Jones were good um, this year. I mean, I mean, dare I say as a tandem it might even be below average. Um, for the Jags, I know you saw their tape and and Trevor Lawrence. I, I do. I know we talked about, I believe, last week. We don't want him running over exposing himself, but I really do like more read option with Trevor Lawrence. If, if, if it's only at the goal, okay, because it's helping him for fantasy. It seems to be opening things up. 
Um, it seems to me like Lawrence is starting to settle in a little bit here. I would agree. Yeah. I think what do you say? I think he's continuing to look more and more comfortable. I thought this week he slowed down a bit. His delivery looked less hurried. Um, I think he's going to be a good player. Look, there have been studies done by teams that show that quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks struggle the most when they're on bad teams. He's on a bad team and he's actually playing pretty well. The key thing is that he's not getting beat up. You know, he's not getting sacked a lot. He's not getting beat up. That's the issue a lot of young quarterbacks have when they're on bad teams, John. But fortunately, that's not the case for Trevor Lawrence. And he's got a really good running game to help him here. I mean, James Robinson, uh, does he stand out to you? Like I think it's a solid running game. I, you know, he yeah. he's a solid back. I mean, he's, you know, I think that the key, that's another key. They need to be able to have some kind of balance and run the ball because you just don't want him dropping back 45 times a game. Yeah. Uh, I, I might be overselling Robinson just because, you know, I had expectations here and he's, he's, he's playing up, up to here. I, I do think he's uh, looking better this year. And it does seem to me, Greg, that, that Trevor Lawrence uh, is comfortable throwing the ball between the numbers. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And maybe Dan Arnold can can really be a thing here. Uh, did you see anything there from that connection? Yeah, I think, I think he's an important player for them. I don't know. You know, he's only been there a few weeks. I don't know what his target share will be this given week. Um, but the, the Dolphins, because they play so much man, that their tight end matchup is Eric Rowe. And I yeah. think that uh, Eric Rowe will match up to Arnold to, to uh, Dan Arnold. That's not a wonderful matchup, right? Uh, Rowe is still. What Rowe's do you think? a solid player. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, but still, uh, Dan Arnold uh, moving up in the world, no doubt about it. And then Lavisca Chenault's role is, is is seemingly in a state of flux here as they played uh, Tavon Austin uh, quite a bit, and um, we'll have to keep an eye on Marvin Jones because I'm starting to get a little worried about Marvin here. Uh, production has fallen off Texans at the Colts. And, you know, I'm doing the television there on Sunday um, offering commentary on the uh, live action. And I was like, well, number one, Davis Mills looks like a professional quarterback out there. And that's, that's great. But I mean, b above and beyond that, Greg, I uh, just watching the game on television. I'm like, this is like a five-year veteran out there, Davis Mills. Well, he looked good this week. I, I watched that tape and I thought he looked, poised comfortable composed um you know obviously he came off the really bad game the week before in bad weather in buffalo when people would have said god he looked like a rookie who shouldn't be playing which yeah. is why it's impossible to make definitive judgments week to week you try to see a trend this week he definitely looked much better uh, you know against a defense that normally you know guys don't look great against you know yeah. uh, belichick is normally very good but but you also know what you're going to get when you play a Bill Belichick defense for the most part, you know, people like to say, Oh, he does all these kinds of things. That's not really true, by the way. Um, so, you know, Belichick, they play a ton of cover one. You kind of know you're going to get that. Um, but I thought Mills played with poise and awareness. I thought that the Texans really helped him be decisive with their approach, quick game, screen game, play action, play action, boot. Um, he moved around a little bit. He's, He's not going to make his living as a second reaction guy, but he's not, um, he's not a statue. Yeah. Boy, you know, David Culley and the coaches, they, they, it does kind of appear like these are veteran guys. Like uh, they're getting a lot out of guys who are like couch signings, you know, uh, and, and every week it seems like it's a different guy like Chris Moore. I didn't even know Chris Moore was in the NFL. 
um, this past right, I know. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I do think it's important for those who are looking at Brandon Cooks because that's really been the only guy. So, number one, Davis Mills played well last week, but number two, he's up against a, a Colt defense that, Greg, I don't know what is going on in Indy there. Um, it, I'm sure it's about three different things, but what, what have you seen from the Indy D? Cause you know, they were really tight last year and they're the opposite of tight right now. Yeah. Well, they were struggling even before this week when they had all the injuries, they were not the same defense. And again, you know, a team doing a lot of the same things and not playing as well this week, obviously they had so many injuries and they were playing some street free agents. And, um, uh, you know, my sense is they're not rushing the quarterback as well because yeah. they're a team that does not want to blitz a lot. You know, they're not a, a high percentage blitz defense, obviously. Um, and I think that, you know, they're running into that issue when you're not when you can't rush the quarterback, you know, uh, with your down four and you don't want to blitz a lot. You can run into some problems. I'm sure they knew that. And that's why they took Quiddy pay. Right. But he's been he, hurt. He's hurt. Um, he did. He was limited early in the week here. So maybe he has a chance to play, of course. Um Xavier Rhodes and Rocky Sin, essentially the two starting corners. Yeah, uh, they're the they're the two starting outside corners. Yeah, and um, they 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 didn't practice. They're out of practice here this week, so that that's uh, so they'll be in a now. similar situation, and um, you know that makes it difficult. But Carson Wentz is hanging in there, and you know, say what you want, they do have a a, a decent collection of weapons here uh no one other than maybe Pittman standing out but uh it seems like Carson Wentz is actually putting some pretty good tape on on the on the board here Greg yeah he looked very good this week he he played with a lot of poise and composure he played within the structure of the offense very effectively you didn't see him move around a whole lot uh he executed within the timing and structure of the of the pass game he threw with consistent precise ball location he looked good this past week you know a player who i think is going to be interesting going forward john i don't know your feeling is paris campbell i think he's going to be more involved as we go forward you know i've always liked paris campbell but they are playing him outside more now right yes they are but he has the ability to do that yeah yeah yeah, I, I think I'm in believe it. I'll believe it when I see it mode at this stage. But yeah, I mean, I've always liked him. I mean, he's six two two oh five, and he can run. He yeah. he has the traits to play outside. Sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, he did make a beautiful play on the left side from uh, Eason in the preseason downfield. It was like nice, real nice. Um, but you know, Zach Pascal's been playing inside. I thought you were going to go Mo Alley Cox, uh, who I kind of think is interesting. Well, uh, he he's interesting too. Um, you know, if their pass game starts to continues to develop, um, they've got some weapons and, and, you know, I think, I I don't think, I don't believe they're a pass game that by design says we're going to throw it to this guy this week. I think it's more of a schemed pass game. It does feel that Pittman though has emerged as, as the the one and and Um, kind of the go-to guy. I don't know. I I don't know if I'd say that the way you're saying it. Um, Don't know. Yeah. But he's doing well. And, uh, you know, he's looking good. I mean, he's pretty much what we thought he would be. And I I think I was probably higher on him than, than most uh, this past year. Uh, Been a little slow, but yeah, it's, we're we're going, we're, we're on track here with Michael Pittman. Might even get a little T Y Hilton back. I know he's back at practice. 
So that'd be yet another weapon to kind of water it down, by the way. So that's actually not great, but good for Carson. Uh, Bengals, Lions. I don't think you've spent a lot of time studying the Lion defense. We know it's not good and all that. A um, little underwhelmed by, by Joe Burrow uh, last week, but hey, it's NFL football. You never know. Um, I don't really have much on this one here uh, other than the fact that Jamar Chase is, uh, needless to say, doing well. And uh, it's a great matchup. So we're rolling with these guys. I mean, Greg, you don't have anything to add on this one, I would think, right? I mean, no, I, I, I was, I've seen the first half because that's where I was, where I stopped right before this. I watched the first half of their defense, um, wow. which was really interesting. They they matched up a woozy on uh, Devontae Adams. He traveled with him, which I did not know that. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, they. I don't think they've done that in the past. No, they really haven't. So. Um, I don't know if there's anybody worth matching up a woozy to on the Lions specifically, but um, they matched him up on Devontae Adams. Wow. Well, I mean, actually, while we're talking about it, I, I do. Uh, I was pretty high this year on Amon Ross St. Brown. I know he's not a stud, but pretty damn good. And it's all cleared out, Greg, for him to be maybe even a high volume guy out of the slot. I think he clicks well with Jared Goff. Um could you see him being a high volume guy on a team? I that... think he's that kind of receiver. I don't know if that'll happen this week, but I think that that could happen down the road. Yes. Yeah. It's been the case the last couple of weeks for sure. Uh, Bengals are pretty good out of that slot though. Um, I forget, forgot who they're, who is their nickel corner? It was Mike Hilton. Them. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the old Mike Hilton. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he's very, he's a very good slot player. Always has been Deandre Swift looking really good. Um, I, you, I would like to know what you, what you, you probably don't have the time to get to it. Let's be honest. You can't watch all 32 teams, but it does seem like Anthony Lynn is doing a, a decent job. All things considered there in Detroit. And then Hawkinson was at practice on Thursday. I think it's a combination of he's banged up. He's probably getting more attention. I know he's blocking a little bit, so it's, uh, it's tough for Hawkinson owners here. Vikings Panthers looks like we'll, we may get Dalvin cook back. I know you saw Sam Darnold last week and uh, the Eagle D was it them or was it Darnold um, in terms of like mostly responsible for what was it, a poor showing by Darnold in the passing game. Dar Darnold struggled quite a bit in that game. Um, I would, I would put that more on Darnold. The Eagles D line was dominant. And, and I think when you start getting people around Darnold quickly, he starts to hurry himself and play a little fast, which he did. So I would give the Eagles D line credit for that. And, and that's not Darnold's game. He's at this point in his career, he's in his fourth year. He's still not a real comfortable quarterback with people around him. Um, and he, you know, he just started to play fast. When you play fast, you don't see things as clearly. And uh, you know, I, I think that was the case. Although I would say that a couple of the intercept, I would say the interceptions were not necessarily, oh my God, what are you doing kind of interceptions. <laughs> right. Well, hey, that's a step up. So now when Darnold struggles, we're not screaming, oh my God, what are you doing? We're like, ah, you know, so that's that's actually in my mind an improvement. Um, how do you think the uh the Viking D front D line compares to uh Philly? Could could they wreak as much havoc? And again, you know, we're well, assuming... I think I think every week the Panthers O line can be an issue because, quite yeah. frankly, it's not very good in pass protection. So right. I think it could be an issue against anybody they play in any given week. Vikings do play more zone. 
uh, they, they may, they're kind of middle of the pack, but um, was that something that maybe was a factor there? Uh, the Eagles zone defense against Sam. Was it a factor in Sam not having a good game? Yeah, pretty much. The Eagles because he's, he's had played, other, what's that? They, yeah. I mean, they didn't do anything otherworldly that Sam Darnold has never seen before. Yeah. Um, they played a little more, they played more single high than split safety, which is something that they, they had played quite a bit of percentage wise through the first four games. They had been a predominant split safety defense, but then they played cover, cover three, cover three zone. Everybody plays that. And it's yeah. nothing where you go, oh my God, they played cover three zone. Yeah. So I, I don't think that they, they, I don't think it was a mental thing with Darnold that, Oh my God, I, I can't, I don't know what to do right now. He, right. he was under some pressure. There were bodies around him. Like I said, the interceptions weren't necessarily, you know, Oh my God, what are you trying to do? Um, so he, he just played a little fast and he wasn't yeah. as comfortable. You know, I just, I guess my expectations were too high for DJ Moore. the way he had been playing. I'm like, wow, he's going to catch another eight, nine balls. Well, that's what team. we all thought. You know, yeah. it just was one of those games, you know, which is the thing in your business, John, that's the problem. Every once in a while, those games happen. That's why I'm trying to get to any, anything I could cling to with Darnold, but I guess we cling to when a uh, defense gets pressure on him, knock him off schedule and off a spot. And uh, it, it could unravel as it seemingly did right. this week. Um, and then McCaffrey, of course, this isn't bode well here when you're, when you're downgraded essentially on a yeah, I don't Thursday. Think, my guess is he won't, will not play again this week. Wow. Wow. You know, so they could have put him on IR then, uh, that would be the third yeah. game, but, um, so what do you see, uh, otherwise here out of the Panther D, uh, in this matchup and, you know, Jefferson and Thielen a little bit banged up and, and cook as well. Uh, they do have the corners, obviously, um, to cover these guys. You know, it, it's amazing. I mean, you've stopped the Viking running game. You get a little pressure on Kirk Cousins. There's not that much to worry about with the Vikings. Um, yeah, I mean, but I mean, those guys are good players. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, so Carolina is a team that plays probably more man coverage than people think. Um, they mix and match a lot though. They're predominantly a single high safety defense, but they will play some cover two and depending on situations, um, we'll see how much more time they give CJ Henderson, um, who's now going into his third week with the team. So we'll see if he gets more snaps on the outside now. Yeah. I mean, is it, is it back to the zone thing? Is it fair to say that you, you want, uh, Adam Thielen against a man to man? heavy defense you know because that's the numbers show that well i think they're good against both because i think they have really good concepts in their pass game but i think jefferson and Thielen can win against man very well i think they're both very good receivers who can beat man coverage but they're also a really well-designed offense with that can beat zone um you know cousins is another one of those guys that every once in a while he has one of those games john and you just don't know when it's going to be but for the most part he plays well and puts up pretty good numbers. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Chargers, Ravens, uh, Justin Herbert uh, continues to be good. Um, not much else to say. I mean, the guy sits back there, and you keep talking about how he's playing within the timing of the offense, which is very evident. Um, it just looks so smooth. And 
almost effortless because he's so physically gifted, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, what else can we say? He's a fascinating mix of, of really being refined, precise, and efficient within structure, yet always capable of making special second reaction plays. He's just that guy. Um, and what's a real tribute to him is he's in a new offense this year, new coaching staff. And it looks like yeah. he's been in this offense for five years. Um, I think we give credit to Lombardi too. I mean, we were skeptical. To, I yeah. was. You have to. Now, the question for the Ravens on defense is Jimmy Smith. Last week, he played safety. He played safety in their dime. That's what Jimmy Smith did. But we know that Anthony Averett at right corner got toasted last week. So the question is, do they continue to put Averett out there at right corner? Or is this a week they move Jimmy Smith back to corner? I don't know the answer to that, but it could happen. Yeah. I mean, do you think at this point the Raven D is is equipped to really slow these guys down? I was worried about Herbert last week. People hate me because I said, uh, you know, it's going to it's going to be it might be a tough go. Um, but, uh, I don't know this Raven D I, I'm not sure what, what they are, Greg. I don't know how much you've seen of their D I've seen a lot of their D, <clears throat> you know, they, they do a lot of things. Um, they didn't do as much last week though. And, and I think that was because they didn't feel real comfortable in the secondary. Cause don't forget what they had was Averett at right corner and Tavon young in the slot. So I don't know what their plan is this week. Cause they're facing big physical receivers and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, you well could see Jimmy Smith back at corner this week. Then it could be a Keenan and Allen game, I would think. You know, Tavon Young's been there forever. Well, guys are going to get targets because they throw the ball. So, you know, when you say Keenan Allen game, um, I guess it comes down to targets and whether he gets touchdowns. I mean, he's going to catch six or seven balls. The question is, is he seven for 59 with no touchdowns or is he seven for 94 and a touchdown? You know, that's really what you're asking and that's impossible to know, but he's going to get targets. Yeah. He has, you know, it's like one of these things we try and figure it out in the fantasy world. And, you know, we all know Keenan Allen is good and you're going to get his, but then like the game starts and they, you know, he's got like five catches, you know, in early second quarter, like, Oh, right, wow. You right. know, you know, and, but sometimes he has five catches for 38 yards because there are a lot of them are short passes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, as a general statement, if he's on Tavon young in the slot, I got to think that's a, a pretty day. They don't move Humphrey in this inside at all these days. They didn't last week. And I think that's due to injury last week. Humphrey played. He played left corner last week, pretty much mm-hmm. on every snap, but that guy could move, play anywhere, right? He can play anywhere. But that's yeah. why it depends, I think, what they're going to do at corner opposite because they don't have a ton of bodies right now at corner. I mean, it would make sense to put Jimmy Smith on Mike Williams and, and play Humphrey in the slot, you know? Yeah, uh, it could. And, you know, and, and the other thing, which I don't, you know, I always tell you, and I never know how you do want to deal with it, is, you know, Mike Williams caught um, – two two long touchdowns last week and both of them there were assignment mistakes so it's great for fantasy but and and he's going to get thrown the ball my point is he's not that not he won't get thrown the ball of course he will because they throw it a lot but you know those kinds of numbers the 72 yarder and the 42 yarder both touchdowns came because the browns had some some confusion on the back end and you can't say that oh well he'll have those big plays because the ravens will be confused on the back end you can't make that that analogy i know i know well you know the way i look at that there there are times when we get screwed by that when a guy you know in a tough matchup does really well like mike williams last week but there are probably other times where oh i liked a guy 
and he only scored because it was a bust, you know, right, and I, right. we don't mention that. It's like, oh, I got it right, baby. Right, um, of course, of course. Yeah. You know, uh, but, but the point a, is, they'll yeah. be through Allen and Williams will get targets. You know, you and I can't sit here and say what their yardage totals will be, but it's not as if they're going to get three targets. They're going to get targets. Yeah. But like for people who play like DFS, if someone like us or someone else says, oh, this should be a, you know, a, a big time Keenan Allen performance, you know, like an 11 catch, that's when they go and they, you know, that's why we ask these type of questions. Look, but. I'm not a big predictor, but it would not surprise me to see Jimmy Smith back at corner matched on Williams and, and Marlon Humphrey matched on Allen. Uh, that would not surprise me when they play man. Obviously, they're yeah. not going to play man 100% of the snaps, but that would not surprise me. So, therefore, you know, we, we, we try to make educated guesses slash assumptions. I wonder maybe it's a tight end game. Uh, if, if they do that, because you got you're getting Donald Parham involved, uh, Cook as well, and the Ravens have given up numbers to tight ends. So right, that's our process, Greg. Because uh, we don't have access to the results, we we try and make the best educated guesses oh, we can. Oh, of course, and I get that. Believe a lot me. of times it works though. Yeah, uh, and you feel good about it. So yep. I'm going to look more into that one there. And uh, well, you know, we talked about it. I asked you about four weeks ago were the Ravens transitioning into being more of a passing team? And well, uh, it well kind of seems that way, Greg. And you know. I think a little more, certainly not at the level they were this week because of the score. You know, yeah. I don't think they're going to go into this week's game and say, we want, we want uh, Lamar to drop back 45 times. Um, oh, yeah. But yes, I think that they, they wanted to make that transition a little bit a year ago, but COVID right. prevented them from doing it. Yep. Yep. So when Lamar, like a, you know, was like a 27 attempt game. You know, I could see him being like a 33, 34, oh, yeah. you know, and every little bit helps. I don't, I don't know if it'll take away from the running and they don't really have much of an option here. Uh, did you see that tape? You didn't see that tape. I did night. see that tape. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. I mean, is there anything going on? Like they don't have a running game. It's just weird. You know, like they're, they're winning games. And Lamar's putting up numbers, and and they don't have a running game. Well, the weirder game was the game two weeks ago against Denver when they were ahead all game and they didn't run the ball very well. This game was a different animal because they were down and they had to throw. And I thought Lamar played his best game as a pro throwing the ball with everything that goes into throwing the ball well. He recognized things. He recognized pressure. He recognized coverage. He played with vision. He worked through progressions. He played with a higher level sense of timing from the pocket, but they had to throw that many times. It was the week before that was kind of the, the ab, aberrant game because they were ahead and they couldn't run the ball. Yeah, which is, I guess, a testament to Lamar. I mean... Uh... Oh, no, no. He's, he's playing. He's clearly improving. And, you know, again, is he going to be this good every week? No, because he was ridiculously good this week. That's not going to happen every week, but he's... He was really, really good this week. Really in a lot of in a lot of really good ways. Yeah. I mean, I, I go with ball location number oh, one. That was there too, without question. Because you could see the improvement literally in Hollywood Brown's numbers. Because you know, we loved Hollywood last year and there were so many big plays that th they weren't, you know, connected and Lamar right. was off, you know. But Lamar's not off on them this year, and it shows with Hollywood's numbers. Luckily, we we at fantasypoints.com rank Hollywood higher than everyone uh this year cuz 
when I'm wrong, I'm not afraid to go right back to the well because there was a reason I was wrong because I, I like the guy. There was a reason I like the guy. Uh, so looking good here. And also Mark Andrews, they've been uh, very friendly to tight end. So uh, looking good there. Chiefs and the football team. You and I did the podcast, Greg, and you are fully expecting uh, a bounce back performance here. Right? I think the numbers will be there for Patrick Mahomes in the past game this week. I really do. And obviously we all know the football team is struggling a little bit. Um, any other, any, any other concrete reasons why that you would, you would say that? Uh, well, Washington's defense has really had a hard time. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious to see how Washington plays. They, they played a good amount of man coverage this year, cover one. Um, I would, I would expect them to play. Think of it this way. The, the, the one area that the one coverage that the chiefs have been struggling with a bit, going back to the super bowl against the bucks last year is two man coverage. Okay. Where you play man to man across the board with two deep safeties. <clears throat> That's not really a coverage that the, that Washington plays. Now, is it in their playbook? It's in everybody's playbook. So, you know, it's not a case of, well, they they can't possibly play it. Um, they just don't play it hardly at all, less than 5% of their defensive snaps. So, but the reason that's an effective coverage and, and the Chiefs will figure it out because Mahomes is great and Andy Reid's been around the block a few times. Mm-hmm. But the reason why that works is what do the Chiefs normally do, John, when they face man? They run away from it with their speed, okay? Yeah. It's tougher to run away from it when there's two deep safeties as opposed to one deep safety. Because yeah. the reality is a single high safety is not really a factor on a lot of vertical routes because he has too much ground to cover. Yeah. So if you have two high safeties, sure, Hill can run away from the guy covering him, but where is he running to? There's two deep safeties. Yeah, so you know, maybe a better chance than usual to make big plays to Tyreek, basically. Yeah, I would think that they'll, and Mahomes has not been sharp. Their offense is out of sync. Um, but I, I would not be surprised if they get back on track this week. I wonder if they'll even bother running it early with Daryl Williams. Uh, but uh, Daryl Williams is the guy there uh, taking over for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, certainly worth, worth using, uh, not bad, uh, good in pass pro, uh, good short yardage runner and the like. And, uh, you know, what is going on with the KC defense here? Uh, Taylor Heineke is. Yeah. And I haven't seen the Washington offense, so I can't really comment on it. I haven't seen them in two weeks, so I can't really comment on that offense. Um, chiefs defense is, um, again, they're not playing very well. They're, you know, doing a lot of the same things. You know, they were very big on disguise a year ago and they caught a lot of teams. The disguise is not working as well this year. So, you know, I, I don't know the answers to that. If, if Steve Spagnuolo knew the answers, it would have been figured out already. He, they're trying to figure it out. They did lose Breland, right? I mean, that's one yeah. thing. Uh, and they've Charles- had some injuries too. They've had some injuries. Yeah. Obviously, Frank Clark didn't play until this week. Um, Ward, the corner, who's a pretty good corner. He's been yeah. out for a couple of weeks. I don't know if he's back this week. Uh, didn't practice today, Charveris Ward. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, they're – I think they'd really like to play Snead in the slot, and they've had to play him outside quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, they're right for the pick in here. 
<clears throat> no question about it. Um, but uh, yeah, and the football team, I, I'm we're in on Haneke this week. I think everyone is in the fantasy space here, based on the numbers and all that. Uh, little Terry McLaurin uh, would be nice to get uh, a couple of the other banged up receivers like Diami Brown. He's not been a factor, but Ricky Seals Jones uh, definitely been a factor, and and he'll get targets too. This is a I view this offense as being uh, one that that does look for the tight end uh, quite a bit. You know, Ricky Seals Jones, when he came out of high school in Texas, was one of the biggest recruits in the country as both a basketball player and a football player. It's clearly a, a very good athlete. Yeah. Compared I thought to he'd end up having a better career. I mean, he's going to hang around for 10, 12 years, you know, and, and because he's got athletic ability, he can catch the ball. But I thought he'd become a potentially bigger time tight end, and it hasn't quite worked out that way. Yeah. Uh, he's been on some weird teams, yeah. like Arizona. Like they don't throw to the tight end. Uh, he was in Cleveland for a while. I think they had others there. Uh, yeah. Moving on to the next game here, it is uh, Green Bay, Chicago. How about uh, no Damian Williams? So, yep. It's going to be Herbert. Khalil Herbert. I thought, I, I know you kind of liked him, Greg. I like him coming out of Virginia Tech. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, small guy, but, but, you know, he could probably handle the volume we got last week. Uh, yeah, so what do you like about him? You know, I think he's a really good one-cut downhill zone runner. I think he's um, he's got short area burst. He's got long speed. There's some some velocity to the way he runs, some juice to him. A little burst. Um, yeah, there's some burst to him. You can see it immediately. Um, so he'll get carries, believe me, because unless the game demands it, they are not going to have fields drop back 40 times. So they're going to run oh, the God. ball. Well, it's going to be fast. Now, the big because... question is their defense because – Obviously, the game has to stay close. Yeah, exactly. Their defense, you know, they lead the NFL in sacks. I bet a lot of people don't know that. I know. And it's not really, or maybe it is, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack's been looking pretty good recently. They're not, they're not a heavy blitz team. Um, in fact, they're among the lowest in the NFL in blitz percentage. So they're doing this with their front group. Yeah, I did not expect the Bears defense to be this effective, honestly. Um, so, uh, credit to them and their, and their coaching, but it's, it's going to be, you know, Aaron Rodgers yeah. knows his defense. Well, he, he threw eight touchdowns against them last year. Um, he's always seemingly up for this game. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see what happens if the bears are down 20 points, you know, like fields dropping back. Yeah. Well then it be, yeah, then it becomes interesting. Yep. Yeah. I just, and Allen Robinson out of practice today. What's his injury? He played last week. Um, I thought it was a hamstring. But let oh. me see here. Um, if it is, and that's that's an issue. That's it was it was definitely leg related. Um, I'm gonna call that up because that's pretty important, uh, Mr. Robinson. Uh, oh, ankle. Okay. Yeah, and then Mooney's been on the injury report with a groin. Uh, it's just so difficult to for me to go in on, on fields in this passing game at this point. I mean, it's a good litmus test, but man, it's just, it's such a leap of faith. Like I, I'm shocked. I mean, I wasn't expecting the world, but man, can we get 220 yards? You know, even that's been too much to ask from these guys. Uh, but Rogers should be more than five. How about my guy, AJ Dillon starting to come on a little bit, Greg, uh, very interesting guy. Like, you know, he was quiet for about three weeks. And I said, look, uh, Aaron Jones is not getting 330 carries this year. You no, know, no. Just, no. He caught know. a touchdown pass this week. It was a busted coverage, but he caught a touchdown pass. I mean, 
don't you have you seen him catch the ball he looks pretty damn comfortable as a receiver for a big guy yeah and he's not going to catch 70 balls john you know that but i think they're using him more yeah no my thing was uh he's gonna catch 30 and people are like what they're like no he'll catch nine i'm like no he's gonna catch 30 and that, that's very possible. I could see that. Yeah. I think he's on pace for it right now. Yeah. I mean, just a couple grabs a game, basically. Uh, that's all we ask for. Uh, you know, nine, 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 ten carries a game on average, two catches. I mean, it's not a bonanza, but uh, useful uh, and some upside as well because he could pop one off. And I think he'll get better and better as the season progresses. Obviously, the weather gets colder. He's a big, sturdy dude. Um, Rams, Giants, and, you know, I actually didn't realize that Andrew Thomas was iffy to play. So how huge might that be if Daniel Jones is cleared? Because it feels like Andrew Thomas has been just shutting down that blindside for Daniel Jones, and it's been a big reason why Jones has had success. I think that Thomas, and I've seen – most of the Giants offense this year, I think obviously he didn't play this past week either, but I think he's played well up to this point. And if he's not there, that's a little bit of an issue. Yeah. I mean, I've, every time I'm, I've, I've watched him, I'm trying to watch him as much as I can. He looks like a, a perennial pro bowler, like all, you know, real good. So, right. No, he's been, he's been good this year. There's no question. And of course, no Barkley. And how about Kadarius Tony? Like, Wow. I mean, this yeah, kid looking can, good. Tony's looking good. I just love how the guy creates his own space. Yep. You know, it's it, like and, Debo. Debo <laughs> like literally creates his own offense. Yeah, and he'll get <laughs> and he'll just keep getting better. It's crazy what what he did this past. And I was all in on him too, and I'm still shocked. Uh, unbelievable, unbelievable performance. But don't you think it's ideal to keep him in the slot and kick Sterling outside? How, how do you not get that guy in the field? Tony, Tony's yeah. going to play outside. He's played a lot of snaps outside. He, he's going to play a lot outside, John. Okay. Well, hey, oh, yeah. I know you said that preseason. I, I, I know you did yeah, say he's gonna, that. He's going to play a lot outside. I'm telling you right now. He's, well, I'll tell you what. He's, he's not 5'7", 170. I mean, he's. I know. He's I know. Not, hey, he made that great play on the right sideline. He's not big, but he's not, you know, he's probably bigger than Antonio Brown. And I he's. Can. Yeah. He's not going to play in the slot. I mean, I'm not saying he'll never play in the slot, but he's not solely a slot receiver that that's where he has to play or else he's going to get significant snaps on the outside. I, I, I every week it's with Jalen Ramsey. I feel like Jalen Ramsey is less effective this year, but uh, I'm not studying the tape and really I, into the numbers again. You know, I, I, I'm very uncomfortable where I, I sort of say things because I'm not there in the building with these teams. I, I think you're taking a guy who theoretically and practically is a top three corner in the league. Some think the best corner in the league with his combination of traits and you're really not playing him at corner. So again, that's, I'm just giving you my opinion. Um, They certainly know more about all their players than I do, but you know, if you have a top three corner in the league with, with high level traits and great size, by the way. Yeah. Um, to me, he's a corner, but again, you know, I, I always feel uncomfortable with that. To me, he's a matchup yeah. shutdown guy like Deion Sanders was in the day. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's why you paid him a hundred million dollars, but what the hell, what do we know? But I mean, we, I was not do- joking last 
what I said to someone, I can't remember if it was on a show or just talking to someone, the way they use him, to me, he's just a better Kenny Moore than slot corner for the Colts, who's a good yeah, player. You said that here. Did I say that? I mean, and, and people might laugh at that, but, uh, and they say, oh, you're crazy. It's Jalen Ramsey. Well, yeah, he's a better player. I'm not saying they're the same player in terms of skill set, but to me, he's a corner that should be matching yeah. up week after week and shutting down whoever, you know, the the opponent's best receiver. You're, you're not even remotely close to maximizing what Jalen Ramsey brings to the table. You know, he's got great instincts, closing speed. You want that guy on an island out there, right? And by the way, when people say, and then let's move on, because we could talk about this forever. <clears throat> when people say, well, you know, you're not really getting him involved in the action. But, but that's not the point. The point is, if you know that the opposing quarterback is not really going to throw it there, then you can basically, it's like the Revis factor from, you know, when Revis played is... I remember watching Rex Ryan's defense. They could literally do so many things with their other players and the rest of the field because right. Revis could match. It didn't matter. Revis could get no throws to him the whole game, and he still allowed you defensively to do so many other things that caused problems for the offense. Yeah. Like basic, <clears throat> most basic example is double the other receiver. Well, and that's right? the most basic. There's, you know, there's many yeah, more things you can do, but that's basic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how is Matt Stafford playing right now? This is a definitely a beatable matchup. This giant pass defense has really taken a step back. I've seen yeah. uh, Bradbury giving up uh, probably more big plays this yeah, year. Yeah, he already. got beat on that third and eight touchdown, you know, third and eight play where Lamb ran by him for the touchdown. Um, Stafford, you know, the last two weeks has missed some throws that he normally makes. And, and then he's also made some throws that you go, wow. So, my guess is he wants to be a little more consistent on some throws because he's missed some. Um, and he's, those are throws he has to make no defense of those whatsoever, but he's also made some really, really big time throws. And um, I, I definitely like the uh, one, two punch air of Henderson and Sony. I think they yep. co complement each other pretty well. Let's head on over to the Cardinals and the Browns, another really challenging matchup. The Brown situation, I you know, the whole Nick Chubb thing has kind of gotten me a little concerned here. With the injury and being out of practice? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, normally our buddy Kaplan knows more about that stuff, but I mean, I, you know, I don't know if he's out because he truly is, is a true question mark, John, or if he's yeah. just out to make sure he's ready to go on Sunday. I mean, we in the fantasy business – up until probably this afternoon, I don't think we're that worried about it for what that's worth. But um, it's tough because sometimes you're like panicking on a Thursday night. You Friday comes and like, oh, he practiced full. He's going, you know. Right. No, I know. And that's why. And there's a big difference with what I said, whether it's more precautionary because it's a big game and they're coming off a loss um, and they're home and they got to win this game. Uh or whether he's really injured and it's like, oh my God, you know, he's he's not going to be playing. You know, yeah. I don't I don't know which one it is. Well, uh, and by the way, Kareem Hunt's on the injury report didn't practice on Thursday as well. I know. So, so and I, and they're all banged up in the secondary, as you know. Uh, yeah. Maybe Greg Newsom, the number one pick and play. Denzel Ward uh, has been banged up here. Uh, Kyler, though, very interesting. Not really running this year. It's not, not a lot of much, design no. runs. No. And you know what? 
they're obviously choosing not to do that because he's much better from the pocket. They're doing more in terms of personnel formations. They're getting Rondell Moore involved in interesting ways. So, you know, they may feel that Murray's running is a selective thing when they truly feel they need it, which, you know, isn't great for you in fantasy. But, you know, don't forget the guy's little. And even though he doesn't really take a lot of hits, you know, he's gotten a lot better in, in the pocket. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. He's, uh, he's still averaging six, uh, rushes a game the last four weeks, but well, he's always going to have a few scrambles too. Don't forget. He's always going to have a few of those, but they'd be crazy to stop the design runs in tight. Cause they scheme it up well. And he, no, I think they'll do that selectively red zone, yeah. certain situations. It's not as if you'll see zero design runs. It just may not be as many as we thought. He oftentimes walks into the end zone untouched. Oh, without question. Um, Now, Baker Mayfield, I don't know. I don't think you saw him. I didn't see that side of the ball, no. How about the Cardinal D? When was the last time you you took a gander at them guys? I mean, this week. I've seen him. Yeah. Now, uh, Simmons is banged up, I see, right? Uh, Is he he banged up? I believe so. Uh, Oh, maybe not. Well, no Chandler Jones. Yeah, he's out. Um. You know, here's a big one. Rodney Hudson is out. He's out for sure. Uh, Kingsbury said Wednesday Hudson will not play Sunday against the Browns. Interesting. He's a very important player for them. I feel like, I feel like he's been a big part of why Kyler's taking a pretty noticeable leap here in the pocket. He, he could well be. I mean, again, that's hard to know for sure, but it could well be the case. He's a really good center, you know, for the people I know who study offensive line way more than I do believe he's a really good player. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins showing some signs. Of, I feel like Rondell Moore, you know, was really a part-time player up until last week. They, they got to increase that guy's role because he's like the wide receiver version of Kyler, you know? Well, he fits this offense. I don't know if he'll ever be a, a big target guy with the, with the other players they have, but there'll be specific things designed and schemed for him, John. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And these Browns, you know, the Odell Beckham nightmare continues. They, they're, they're a nightmare for fantasy. Like no one was expecting uh Njoku to do anything. Right. Know? Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's bad. It's really, well, it's really bad, bad for fantasy. They did put up 42 points. Uh, we don't give a crap about that. I know John. I know. Yeah. 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 It's terrible. It, it's brutal. Uh, they're not, doing us any favors the cowboys and the patriots uh how do the how do the patriots go about this matchup here against a very good offense they 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 don't want to come out slinging it on every damn down but i mean they're gonna have to put up points to win here so this is a very interesting spot for the patriots against a very complete cowboys team i I, yeah not sure where i'm going here What's Trayvon Diggs? I think he's been out of practice too. What's his status? Do you know? Did he practice today? Uh, let's take a look at that one. I have not checked on that. Uh, certainly a big one. I don't believe he practiced yesterday. But again, you know, the problem is, is you never know now with practice yeah. where the guys are just kind of taking a day off. You don't exactly. know. So all I can see where I'm looking is a is a is a Wednesday out of practice report, right. which you knew. Um, might this though, I, I kind of look at this and let's assume Diggs goes. Uh maybe maybe Jacoby Myers, you know, uh talking about a game like would you be floored if Jacoby Myers had like 14 catches in this game? Like they're playing from behind, he's lining up in the slot. 
Uh, well, this is going to be a fascinating game. Let's assume for the moment Diggs goes because, you know, we don't know, but let's assume. <clears throat> they play a high percentage of man coverage. And they're going to make Mac Jones and the receivers. It's not solely Mac Jones, but they're going to challenge them. They're going to challenge Mac Jones to have to make really precise ball location throws. And they're going to challenge the receivers to have to create enough separation that there's a throw that's able to be made. So that's the way they're going to play. They're going to challenge these guys. And, yeah. you know, because Dallas plays a really high. These are the two teams that play the highest percentage of cover one in the NFL, New England and Dallas. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Dallas no more, is a good team. Oh God. Yeah. No more Stefan Gilmore here to, to match up against a uh, Cooper or lamb or, you know, so uh, they do have the depth though. Um, yeah. Well, I, last week they played Williams and they ended up benching him. So it'll be very interesting because they started the game with Williams on the outside Um along with Jackson. Jackson is their matchup corner. Jackson matched up to, to um, uh, Brandon Cooks last week. And I'm very curious to see who they match him up to this week. Is it going to be Cooper or Lamb? Yeah, I haven't checked on Lamb where he's I running. I personally would match him up to Lamb, and I'd bring back Williams, who's 6'3", 215, and match him up to Cooper. But that's what I would do. And and my guess is Coach Belichick will not be calling me for my opinion this week. Uh, it's shocking. It really I is. Uh, it's, I, I'm hurt for you. Uh, <laughs> you know, that he's I, I will it. say this, though. I know they played the Texans, okay? And that's what people are going to say. But the Patriots played four backup offensive linemen last week. The only starter was Andrews, the center. Yeah. And their pass protection was not an issue versus the Texans for the most part. Um, now, the pass game, there was a lot of quick game rhythm throws. Jones has a very innate feel for the timing of the pass game. He can compensate for any trouble spots. Um, we'll see. We'll see how this one goes because this is a little different defense than they played last week against Houston. Yeah, I'm looking for some high volume here uh, for Myers and uh, Hunter Henry um, inside uh, against the team. You know, the interesting thing is Johnu Smith has not really been a volume player here. Well, yeah, I, I, I feels like their roles have been reversed from what we thought they were going to be. Yeah, and I, th I think we all thought Johnny Smith, not just you and I, but everybody in general. I'm not just talking fantasy people. I'm talking football people as well that thought that Smith in this offense, this would be the kind of breakout year because he does have physical tools. But up to this point, that has not happened. But I think the problem is that him and Hunter Henry are interchangeable, aren't they? Aren't they similar? Like they're both decent blockers, you know. Well, but if you play two tight ends, I mean, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously, I mean, yeah, you don't, you're not necessarily just playing one or the other. But I believe that that the expectation was that Henry would be the inline guy more than Jonu, and it's the reverse, I believe. Um. Yeah, you know, I haven't studied that. I can't answer that specifically, and I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I have the data in front of me that right. uh, we, we use, but th that seems to be the case. And, you know, Damian Harris banged up as well. Uh, I guess he was out there, but I thought I saw something that would, was very disconcerting. So he continues to have the injury issues there. And um, do you like Ramondre Stevenson? Do you think if he got a real chance? Yes. Damian Harris was out. What would we, what would we be seeing from Ramondre Stevenson with volume? I think he's similar to LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah. Which might be better for them, Greg. You know, I could be it, it, just Damien Harris. 
I want to like the guy, you know, but I just, what is he, you know? Right. I feel like he's a tweener type. It's funny you say that because I really like his talent and he just has moments where you go, he's the guy for sure. Right. And then it just doesn't seem to play out that way. Injuries are a big part of it. Yeah. You no know, question. He gets, he gets and the, yeah. yeah. And he fumbled a couple of times and obviously for every coach, that's not good, but I'm sure with Belichick that puts you right on the bench. I think he's fumbled three times. Yeah which yeah. is a lot. And uh, so you think, you think uh, Stevenson would have a chance there. To, I do. I think yeah. you could see Stevenson start to get more touches, more carries. Yeah. He's not going to be the pass game back. So it's carries. It's actually only two fumbles, uh, yeah. but both lost. Yeah. Uh, that's not good. And they were on the goal too, I believe. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I just bring that up because I, I, I picked him up Stevenson. It's what I call a stash and hope stash away and hope he gets an opportunity and he may take that ball and literally run with it and never look back Raiders Broncos, obviously a lot going on with the Raiders. Yeah. I haven't seen, you know, this is a game I'm not really on top of right now. I haven't, I saw the Broncos D uh, haven't seen their offense much in the last couple of weeks. Raiders. I saw their D um, I've seen their offense pretty much up until this week. So yeah, I, I guess I, okay. I know about it, but you know, I, I didn't see their offense this week as to why Waller was not a factor. I don't know why that was the case. I, I did not see enough to know that versus the Bears. Javante Williams, it gets getting better and better. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of patiently... right. But the question is, are they going to give him more touches? And you know, I know you have to make a decision on that. Unfortunately, you're making a decision just based on spitting in the wind because we don't know that. Yeah, I mean, I just try and use common sense. Okay, he's a rookie. They invested a high pick on him, and you look at the the workload. It it gets uh, it just it's going up. Uh, he's he's trending upward, even though the carries have been down. Uh, like for example, he's had three catches in the last three games. That that bodes well, right there. Right, right. Um, but I mean, at, at his core, he's a runner. And the question is, is he going to reach the point where he gets you know 18, 19 carries, you know, in a given game? Yeah, no, we may not get there. I, I would take, I would take 14, 15, uh, I know. 13, you know, definitely. But uh, might, might this be uh, a potential coming out party? I feel like uh, the Raiders are weaker against the run than the past this year. The Raiders are not a difficult defense to throw against right now. They've got a ton of injuries, right? Now, obviously you didn't get a good feel this week. They played Justin Fields. Uh, and he only threw it 20 times and they didn't have to throw it. The game played out where they didn't really have to have fields make any difficult throws, difficult reads, difficult throws, simple concepts. You know, that's the way the game played out. Um, but, the, but their defense and as far as coverage is not really that difficult to decipher. They travel uh, Hayward. Nope. Oh, they don't. He plays the no. side. Okay. They don't. Right. Yeah. They now, what's Trayvon Mullen's status? Mullen, uh, you know, they are out there on the West Coast. So, well, he's on. Because when he plays, he's the boundary corner. And oh, he's he on IR. Oh, he's so out. He's not playing. Okay. He's yeah. out. Yeah. Arnett's on IR. Mullen's on IR. Um, yeah, they played a Meek Robertson at one corner, outside corner this week with um, Hayward at the other. All right. So, I mean. Teddy, Teddy will probably have a, a decent game here. Uh, Sutton looked good last week. Tim Teddy Patrick. always has a decent game. Yeah. Yeah, decent or worse. But yeah. 
I'm kind of pro Teddy this year because hey, I'll, I'll take Teddy over Drew Lock all day long. Yeah, uh, and uh, for the Raiders, divisional opponent, Bronco D's pretty good. I I don't I don't know how anyone could have a lot of confidence in the Raiders, honestly, other than Waller, who's not getting it done. Like, th- yeah, there's I mean, no I, one. Like I said, I didn't see that tape, so I don't know the answer to that. But right. you know, obviously, he did not have numbers at all this week. You know, Brian Edwards has been just a buzzkill like cars not looking for him rugs is kind of big play specific yeah. it's it's hunter renfro is what's happening to waller by the way i think i mean renfro's got a lot of targets yeah i think car likes throwing it to him he does no there's no doubt about that there's no doubt i i probably would too i mean hunter renfro's got 16 targets eight the i mean his target numbers are nine seven six eight and eight it's pretty damn good uh, that's way up there, and uh, we have given him the appropriate love for sure. Let's go to the Seahawks and the Steelers. We have two more to go here, Greg. Uh, you did watch the Steelers. I did. Uh, I watched you- their offense, and you know we've talked about this, John. I think to me, again, to me, this is the way they have to play to maximize their talent because it's easy to say Big Ben can't throw it 40, 45 times. That's easy because we all look at him. But their offensive line can't do that either. They start two rookies. So it's not just Big Ben. It's it's the whole offense. So they need to be, and, and people will debate this forever, the people who believe it's all on the quarterback, you got to toss it around the yard. But to me, they have to be more balanced. They have to play like they did last week. Now, the key if you're going to do that is you've got to convert third downs. And they were really good converting third downs last week. So that's got to be a critical piece. Um, and you got to score touchdowns in the red zone. I'm not saying anything profound, but I think they need to be a team that gives the ball to Najee Harris. I wonder if they'll go with more two tight ends. Juju out. I don't know that that's going to be an interesting question. I mean, James Washington is the replacement, you know, he's, he's been there. He's, he's got some talent. Clearly. Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but they do have Fryermuth and Ebra, not bad. You yeah. know I mean? Uh, yep. Fryermuth can block, uh, do you um, would you believe that Chase Claypool's numbers are are on the rise? Obviously, with with Juju, well, I thought he looked good. I, I saw some that's promising. a function of how much they throw it, John. I mean, I think Claypool's going to be a factor for sure, and maybe an increasing factor. But if they if he drops back, Ben, that is twenty seven times. Claypool's not getting fourteen targets. I'd like to see him be a little less volatile. You know, like big play dependent. You know. Well, maybe that's what he is. We don't know that, you know, because they use him as a big play guy and then they use him jet sweeps, the screen once in a while. It doesn't seem like he runs the full, whatever this means. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to say this, but it's true. It doesn't seem like he runs a full route tree. I saw a couple like inbreakers, short <laughs> yeah. ones that I like. No, I think he's got the ability to do all that. The question is, will they start asking him to do more of that? And, and Najee Harris, like uh, completely as advertised, right? I mean... A really good football player, yeah. Really good. Like, uh, creates on his own, good receiver, and really good receiver. Like, Yes, really good receiver. Not just like a check down Charlie either, No, right? no, no. He's a good receiver. Yeah. Um, and a good matchup uh, against Seattle. They're, they're still struggling. Seattle's uh, defense, I really don't know what to say. My guess is, and I don't, is that you'll see something different because they had 10 days. That's my guess. I can't tell you what it is. Pete Carroll's been doing this a long time. He's clearly not stupid. Something will be different. Now, 
they're limited with their corners. They can't all of a sudden say, yeah, we're going to line up and play press man all over the yard. They don't have yeah. the corners to do that, but something's going to be different because this defense with the zone concepts they've been playing, it's been bad. Yeah. Yeah. No question. And uh, <clears throat> not much of a pass rush either. Oh, and they're not great against the run either. I mean, yeah. I mean, so it's, and, and I, I can't speak to what the offense will look like with Gino. I mean, you can't take the game he came in and say that's what they'll be. He was throwing it literally every snap. That's not going to happen. I can't say exactly what it will look like. I'm sure they're going to try and run it. Carson is expected to. Yeah. No, they're going to try to run it. And I think they'll uh, try to work on the outside. You know, say what you want about Gino Smith. And, you know, he's a nine-year veteran backup for a reason, but he can't throw the football. It's not like you're putting a guy out there that can't throw it. Yeah. And then last but not least, the Bills and the Titans. I, I just don't see a scenario where Tennessee's defense can slow down Josh Allen, basically. Like I I I just Yeah, I got I, I I'm not sure what to make of this game. I mean, Derrick Henry is he's has far and away the most first down rushes of any back in the league. I can't imagine that's going to change. Although I will say this. If Jones and Brown, and I believe they're both healthy and practicing this week, you know, healthy yeah, is a are. relative term, but they're practicing. Yeah. It would not surprise me to see them not, not become a passing team, John. I don't mean that. that I'm out gonna, slinging it. No, I know where you're going. Yeah, that they're going to come out early on early downs and try to create some explosive plays. That would not surprise me at all. Because uh, no matter how you look at this game, they're not going to win this game 13-10. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be 45-42, but I think they probably believe they would have to win this game 31-28. You know, so I think you're going to see them be a little more aggressive selectively than, than you might otherwise think. Easier said than done, though, because uh, according to Greg Cosell, Teron Johnson is emerging as one of the best slot corners in, in Oh, football. he's a real – by the way, they hardly ever play in their base. Now, last year, that was the COVID game, and Tennessee beat them early in the season before kind of Buffalo became Buffalo. And Buffalo played a lot of big nickel with three safeties, and that was done intentionally because of Derrick Henry. They could do something like that again, because clearly Buffalo is not going to play the same way against Tennessee that they did against Kansas City on Sunday night. And by the way, um, uh, Levi Wallace is pretty good too, right? Yeah, they're very they're a really good defense. Now, the big oh. question to me is Matt Milano, because I think he is the key to their defense. Yeah, I mean, but they just have so much talent at all got three a ton levels. of depth on the d-line too a ton of depth they can oh. just roll people in and out yeah uh milano was limited today so you would think he's trending toward playing i mean they have, they have the extra day yeah yeah i right. was i was limited today too by the way john yeah i'm always this time of the year i'm limited every day yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm day to day and day to day yeah as charlie steiner always used to say you know we're all day to day we are <clears throat> um and then, um, yeah, again, like, uh, I don't, how do the Titans though, when Allen, you know, like what, what are you seeing from Allen? Like after a rough start, he's like back to 2020 form. Yeah. And they really like to, um, <clears throat> to, to push the ball down the field. They, they want to throw the ball vertically. They've got a lot of vertical route concepts that, you know, where, where obviously uh, Josh doesn't have to throw it vertically, but they'd like to build in a, a vertical component to a lot of their route concepts. So, you know, I think that the secondary for the Titans, which, you know, I think is okay. I mean, I wouldn't say it's great, but I think, I think Buffalo is going to feel that they can work it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, 
I had one other point there. Um, Dawson Knox is the other interesting. Yeah, thing. it's interesting that Allen is is doing his thing, and Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis have been less of factors than than last year. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, Emmanuel Sanders has really become a big factor. Big factor. Yeah, we yeah. knew that was coming too. A big yeah. upgrade over John Brown, but this Dawson Knox thing is. Wow. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Cause he's, he's very athletic, very athletic guy. Two weeks ago, I, I was feeling it and I went kind of all in on it. And, and now I'm, th- I'm like, I mean, my brain is sending me a signal. Like this dude could score like, like 12 touchdowns. You yeah. Know, he's, like, well, he, he has four or five already. Oh yeah. No, I actually yeah. thought 15, but yeah. I, I, I toned it down a bit. Uh, I was arguing with some people um, watching the game and uh out in Los Angeles. And I'm like, Dawson Knox is scoring 15 touchdowns this year. And they're like, you're crazy. And then like three minutes later, he scored. Uh, right, 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 right. And he looked good, man. He's fast. He is. Yeah. So, uh, all right, there it is. That is a wrap. That is, uh, what? One hour and 10 minutes. Not too shabby. We went through it quickly. We'll get Mr. C back, uh, next week. And you can watch all the other live streams here on the site, the Friday DFS the Saturday college football. And of course, Sunday morning and all that here on the site, we thank Ray Cosell. We thank Ben Kukanis. And uh, by the way, subscribe to the podcasts as well. There look for your, wherever the hell you get them fantasy points. And that's a wrap for Greg. I'm John. Enjoy the game tonight to go Los Angeles Dodgers. (laughs) Biggest game in a long time for the Dodgers. And uh, we'll catch you next week.